Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. Join one of the Adelaide 36ers' favourite sons as we deep dive into everything past and present about one of the most storied franchises in the NBL. It's Sixers Fix, your Adelaide 36ers podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. We're here, second week in a row, and... And it's a big weekend to look forward to. No matter what's happening in terms of playoff positions or who's out of there on the floor, these two home games this weekend for the Adelaide 36ers are massive. We want to get big crowds to the Entertainment Centre to get behind the boys. And we want to send this this team off on a, on a good note in terms of home games for the season. So plenty to look forward to still. We'll have our usual chat on the Ask the Coach segment with Connor Henry, as always, which could be fascinating this week. There's plenty to talk about especially in the world of the Adelaide 36ers. So let's get straight into it. I'm Chris Pike, but the legend himself, the only man involved in every single Adelaide 36ers championship. Unfortunately, that won't be changing this season either now. Um, Scott Ninnis, how did we find you this week leading into a big couple of home games to finish off? Finish off. Well, it's been a big week in news, hasn't it, mate, sure for has. the 36ers? But unfortunately, none of it's, uh, none of it's <laughs> no. real positive. No. So... Uh, yeah, you know, spoke. We spoke quite at uh, quite a length about that Sydney game last weekend, and that I guess that was a snapshot of the season. You know, the games that are there that they, you know, that they need to win and need to take care of business. Uh, you know, the games that we've lost this season, and we've spoken about. You know, a couple of the Cairns game that last year the Warren game. You can certainly add the Sydney game to that. I mean, that that is. You know, if you if you're fair thinking about uh, you know participating in the postseason, you know that's a team that we should beat. You know, with what we put out on the floor compared to what they put on the floor, um, that's just a game that we should have won. And, and once again, that's probably a snapshot of, of where where we have been this season in uh, uh, just just not taking care of it on a consistent basis. And uh, uh, you know, we spoke quite at length about Josh Giddy last week and. Um, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know that decision's been made to put him on ice. Uh, closely followed by Isaac Cumphries mm. now as well. And uh, oh, look, I'm I'm disappointed. I mean, I I would have loved to have seen seen them play Josh in particular. That you know these last two games tomorrow night and Sunday. I think it would have been exciting for the home crowd to be able to say thank you to him and for him to go up in a real high. I do understand it, don't get me wrong, but I'm uh, disappointed, you know, as a fan that, uh, you know, we won't go to get to see them out there. And I guess it just gives opportunity for, you know, some of the other players to really put their case forward now, to, you know, for, for next year. And, uh, you know, we, we do have a few guys going on contract. I wouldn't be surprised to see them play really well tomorrow night, to be honest with you, and, and, and beat Illawarra. Um, I don't know what I'm basing that on, but I, I just think... Uh, yeah, guys are going to get to play that don't get to play a lot. It's, it, they're going to get extra opportunities. You know, someone like Jack McVay hopefully gets to play you know some really good minutes tomorrow night and uh, and continue on the you know some of the, some of the great form he's had at various times this season. But uh, uh, Perth on Sunday obviously it'd be be a really difficult one as they always are. But uh, you know you don't know who they might put out the floor too. They might. Uh, you know, see as an opportunity to rest a couple of guys, as we were talking about as well. So, uh, uh, look, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, uh, you know, to the next two games. Uh, I think they're going to get reasonable numbers there. I think that, you know, people have had an opportunity over the last few weeks to know, you know, when these dates were and, and to book in. And, and Sunday, you know, being an afternoon game at 2.30 is a great opportunity for families to get out there and, uh, 
just, uh, you know, be home for dinner. You know, I love Sunday afternoon <laughs> games. I think when we try and promote ourselves as a, as a family sport and, and we, we have that as a real edge on a lot, a lot of other sports, I think, as well, you know, to be able to get out there at 2.30, you know, the kids can be home uh, at a reasonable time and ready for school the next day, as the adults can as well. So uh, uh, I'm looking forward to both games. Uh, but, yeah, tinged with uh, uh, obviously some disappointment as well. Mm. Yeah, no, you summed everything up very, very well there, Scott. So as we go on with with this episode this week, we'll we'll chat more about Josh Giddy and, and his future and, and that decision to now see him not play the rest of the season. Also, Isaac Humphreys is now going to sit out because of that foot injury. And yeah, plenty more to, to discuss as well. And of course, six is six with Scott Ninnis, where we're made possible thanks to our, our great partners. They've been been here with us all season long, and we couldn't be doing this show without them. And that, of course, includes Australian Motors Mitsubishi, who, who bring bring to us our Player of the Week award, um, Premium Wine Tours with our Player of the Year award, and that's getting very close to having a winner announced in the in the coming weeks as the season draws to a close. Of course, Sports Card World brings us our interviews every single week, including Ask the Coach with Connor Henry, which we'll get to later on in this show. And we wouldn't be here at all without All-Star Photos and Kelly Barnes. So head to allstarphotos.com.au for more of, of Kelly's great work. Um, now, Scott, on our last show, we did a big preview of the game against the Sydney Kings in Sydney. And now I guess it's time to, to review it on this week's show in a bit more detail as well. Going into it, we knew it was a must-win game. If the 36ers had any chance of making the playoffs, they had to win this game. Um, and, it, and it didn't look likely early. I mean, you have a look at that start, and, and the Kings raced out to a 9-3 to a lead. It soon became 18-7. to So by quarter time, it was pretty rough. Um, they put up 15 three-pointers, the Adelaide 36ers, in the first quarter. Um, they only made two of them. Um, what did you make of the start to the game? Oh, terrible, mate. <laughs> I think mm. you can dress it up any other way. It's just, uh, you know, just so disappointing when you, uh, you know, when you have, uh, you know, your season's on the line to just to come out and, and and play that way. And like you said, we were 2 of 15 from the three-point line. I know, you know, if you look at it statistically, you know, we end up shooting, uh, I think, 19 from 39, I think, from the three-point line, which is a, is a great mm. clip at 48%. But, yeah, when when more than half your shots are three point shots, it's it, it's probably telling you you're not doing the, the hard work and and put, getting the ball inside. Yeah, you know, either to the big guys or, or, or on the penetration. And uh, you, you know, we 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 just have those quarters again. You know, the first and, and then the third quarter, we you know we scored twelve and ten points, and it's and it's just not going to get it done. We've just had so many lapses at various times, you know, during games and in the same game, and. Uh, uh, like I said, I, I've said it before, it must just drive the coaching staff crazy, you, you know, trying to search for answers and, and having those inconsistencies you know, just within a game, not even from game to game, from quarter to quarter. And uh, uh, that's something that's going to, you know, they're going to really have to sit down and address during the off-season to go, you know, well, how do we stop this? You know, what do, what do we do to, to arrest these problems when we just lose all the momentum and, and we can just go... You know, on these on these incredible scoring droughts that we've seen uh, seen at various times of the year, and uh, oh, look, I've no doubt they will address that. I mean, it'll be you know a fairly shortish off season, I suppose. So it'll be uh, you know we'll be back to some sort of sense of normality, touch wood. That uh, 
um, and, and maybe a reasonable start time. And, um, you know, that, that'll give them an opportunity to make some decisions. Yeah, obviously, there's going to be uh, there's going to be changes. There is, regardless of your results. But uh, you know, we're certainly going to have uh, well, Josh. You know, that one's going to be forced upon us. There's there's probably another three or four guys out of contract that uh, you know, it's probably in, in all reality might be doubtful if they're back. And, and I guess that's what happens when you have a disappointing season. You can't rest on your laurels. You've got to sit back and go make the decisions to to make the team better and. Uh, um, you know, I've got the confidence that they'll do that, and it'll be very interesting to see uh, see how that does come about. But once again, we're probably getting ahead of ourselves yet. Uh, like I said, this you know, these last five games is, is a great um, great audition for a few players. You know, there's guys there's guys going to get opportunity here that, that weren't going to, and, and you know, if I'm one of those guys that hasn't played you know consistent minutes over the course of the year, you know, I'd be rubbing my hands together, going, okay, I'm going to come out and show you. You know, that I deserve a contract for next year and, and really put my hand up. And, uh, you know, I think that's an exciting time if you're one of those, you know, guys that's uh, coming off the bench and, and hasn't played a lot of minutes to be able to come in and, uh, you know, really make an impact and show that they deserve to see it. Going back to the game, um, it was so similar to the Yellowara game a few days earlier where it was a poor start, but then they turned it around in the second quarter, had a fantastic second quarter, going to halftime with all the momentum, but then... I don't know if there's any other way of putting it, but stink it up in the second half. And that was the exact same thing against the Hawks a few, day, a few days earlier. Um, any idea why it's happening or what you can put it down to? Or or are you, are you <laughs> out, of, out of answers as much as, much as the coaching oh, staff? No, I, I, I think oh, I just I, I touched on it last week. I just don't reckon we've got... Uh, um, you know, we've got talent. There's, there's talent there. I think you know some guys have sort of uh, you know certainly there was guys that struggled the other night. I think um, you, you know Sunday for as great a defender, and I've said it before that for me he's defensive player of the year. But yeah, you know, he's lost his mojo offensively a little bit over yeah, the last yeah. last few weeks. Um, and that uh, that shot, that three point shot that had developed so well was. Uh, has sort of left him. I know he only had the four shots the other night, but uh, yeah, we, we, yeah. we, yeah, we did not have a lot of, uh, yeah, we didn't have a lot of winners on the night. You know, Brandon Paul did some good things for, in his time, and, and DJ, yeah, you know, statistically is, yeah, looks like, looks okay as well. I didn't mind Jack's game off the bench, but uh, apart from that, there wasn't, mm. uh, there wasn't a lot to get excited about, and um, that, you know, I think we've said it before that. You know, for us to win games, you, you know, we need, we do need all our big guns. Yeah, we need everyone firing on the, on the same night. We can't have those lapses. Despite all of all of these things that we've said, it was a two point game with five minutes to go. They had a chance, but there was some, there was some, there were some really dumb things that happened in the last five minutes that cost them a chance. I, I, this is one of the things that's really got me frustrated. Yeah, we've been in, we've been in games, even games when we've we've played awfully and had you know some of the quarters we've had like that game. I, I just don't think there's really a. It doesn't seem to be that sense of urgency that you know we're we're only down by we're down by ten with four minutes to go or whatever scenario we're in. There's only two. Only two this time. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like the, you, you know, you, you're not out of the game. I mean, we you know like. I've been involved, you know, in, in, in the extreme games. You know, we, we beat Perth and Perth in a 
in a final exam, we were 26 mm. down with three, about three-quarter time. I mean, you know, you, you, you're very rarely out of a game this this year, but it just it just haven't really, when we've been in those situations, whether we've been down by two or, or 10 or 15, to look like we've really got that self-belief that we can get back into the game by playing the game our way and, and doing the right thing. So it's... Uh, that's disappointing. Um, you, you know, once again, the, you know, where's that toughness going to come from? I'm sure once again that'll be addressed in the in the off season, and, and, and that'll be fascinating to see. But look, oh, I just I just really hope that they come out and uh, yeah, just just play well. You know, the, the 36 crowd, the Adelaide crowds have been fantastic this year. They, they've supported their team really, really well, and and you know they they deserve to see. Uh, yeah, they deserve to see something from this team for these last couple of home games and to come out and just leave it all on the floor and, and, and hey, start influencing who can make the finals. So uh, mm-hmm. that's always fun, to, always fun to put someone out of the, uh, out of the playoffs uh, <laughs> when you can't make it yourself. Um, it's been a fascinating ride this whole season to follow Keanu Pinder. Um, I'm fascinated to talk to you now about his game on, on Sunday because he started pretty well. His first half was was pretty good. The energy he provided, big offensive rebounds, which were key, a couple of really big block shots, and he did a lot of good things, and he was a big reason why the team was in front at halftime. Um, there were some horrible things in the second half, though. Those moving screens, which I think he felt like he was being hard done by, but every one of them looked like a pretty clear moving screen to me. Um, the one where he got tangled up with... with um, Jordan Hunter and raised his elbow. Not a lot in it, but why are you raising your, your elbow in the first place? And then you look at his energy on the bench and he's kicking chairs into the stands. He's he's even firing up Casper Ware, which is not something you want to do. Um, <laughs> how, how did you sum up his game? Oh, you know, frustrating. I mean, there's no question that that's, uh, you know, you probably saw a snapshot from the, the you know, the good and the evil mm. in, the, in the one game, as you, as you just mentioned. Uh you know, there's got to be frustrations from everyone coming down to this end of the season in a you know season that uh, I guess held so much promise initially, and and the fact that Keanu has been down to turn it around and, and get his season back on track and play some play some really really high quality games oh, and do really everything has, yeah. that we thought he'd be doing right from the start of the year. But uh, yeah, he, he he went back to I, I guess early season. You know, Keanu in that. In that second half, and, and you're right. Just don't put the referees in that in that point where they feel they have to make a mm. call. You know, there was there was just some really silly decisions made. You know, we, we were just loose at times. It turned into um, a five point play, and it, it changed the game. Yeah, so yeah, it's just yeah, just disappointing. I mean, he'd be disappointed in it. You're right. It, you know, the start of the. Uh, um, you know, the way he started the game, I thought we were in pretty good shape. But, uh, no, unfortunately, uh, uh, no, that, uh, that wasn't the way he ended up. And he'll like to have that, uh, that game back. And once again, he's got, uh, you know, he's got the opportunities, these next few games to put, uh, put his case, case to it that, uh, you know, we yeah, we need you for next year, and um, you know, show us show us something going forward that show you can be a really valuable member of this team. I think you made a great point at the start of the show where you talked about how that Sydney team was a team that this Adelaide team, even without Isaac Humphreys on Sunday, should have beaten. If we have a look at that three game trip to New South Wales against the Kings and the Hawks, there's no reason that the 36ers shouldn't have come back three and zero because the Hawks are not playing. Fantastic right now, especially especially offensively. They just can't score. 
And the Kings are really struggling as well. The only game that the Kings have won now in their last five is that game on Sunday against the 36ers. Um, does that make it more, more frustrating? Because on, on paper, and when the 36ers are playing good basketball, they're much better than both of those teams. Oh, and we are better than... Well, we're not... Sorry, we're clearly not better than both those teams. Yeah. We should be better than both yeah, those sure. teams. Yeah, you know, especially especially what both teams are putting on the floor at the moment. Uh, and I think that's the really frustrating thing. And I think it's uh, late into the night, there'll be some uh, people behind the scenes that'll be really ruining those uh, those losses. And, um, uh, you know, once again, I, I've harped on it before, but the, the two Cairns games as well, it's... Uh, it's just really, really disappointing that uh, you know you're going to be able to pinpoint certain games and go, you know, what if, you know, and and the, you know the end, end answer is, you know, there's no way of dressing up. We just weren't good enough. We just weren't up to it. But we should have been, and that really is something that grates and is is hard to try and understand and and cope with. If you you play great basketball when you play against a great team. And you lose at the end of the game. You go, well, we're better beaten by a better team. When that's not the case, that's really, really hard to to comprehend and, and to deal with. But the positive is. The home, the home form has been fantastic. The last four home games at the Entertainment Centre have all been double-figure wins, and against two of those are against both these opponents from this weekend. So it started back in at the start of April with a 12-point win over the Hawks, then a 15-point win over the Wildcats, then a then the 22-point win over the Bullets, which was really a celebration night. That was the night of the triple-double. It was the night of DJ's 350th, and then another another big win over the Taipans by. By 16. The home form has been fantastic. Now, I know that the finals aren't still a chance and there won't be Humphreys and there won't be Giddy on the floor, but I'm really looking forward to these two home games because the crowd has been huge this season. I'm expecting, you know, six, 7,000 again at least for both of these games this weekend. Um, it's really important that the team backs up what the crowd support is providing them, isn't it? Uh, you have to. I mean, you know, you have to. You know, you have to reward the crowd that stuck by and come out. And you know, this is a, this is a crowd that, you know, historically over thirty odd years, you know, have always come and supported their team. Even the ups and downs we've had over the few years, hey, it's easy to jump on board when you're winning championships and you're, you're winning every game. You know, those years that you are down, those same people come in night in, night out. Um, you know, you, you've got to reward them with, with a, an effort uh, coming out. I'd be. I'd be really shocked if we if we didn't come out and just you know maybe a bit of the pressure is off now and and, and sometimes teams do play better that way and, and it can be very dangerous but you know the effort just needs to be there you know we need to come out and show those people you know they've paid good money from put their bums on seats uh, night in night out uh, that we're going to show that you know finish the season off in the right way and especially show them something at, uh, on our home court at the Entertainment Centre. Fascinated to get your thoughts about this first game on Friday night against the Hawks because they've really been struggling and they just can't score the basketball. So even when they were winning a couple of games, they were still only sort of beating teams by scoring in the 70s and holding their opponents to the 60s. And then they really got blown out in their last game against Melbourne United when Melbourne put 101 points up up on them and showed, showed them up defensively when they weren't on song. So so Brian Gorgian's got a good defensive team there. Um, we know that. So it's going to be tough to score against. But um, 
they're probably not going to really hurt you with a lot of points up the other end. So what do you expect from this game? Because you probably think, get to 80 points and you, you just about win the game. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we've got, uh, you know, so I've already mentioned Sunday. I mean, you know, Tyler Harvey's one of the, uh, you know, best scorers in the competition. But if you know, we, we've got a great, don't have much else, do they? Absolutely. We've got a great fall for him in, in Sunday yeah. debt. So, you know, yeah, we've got good defenders at those, you know, in that, in that position. So well, I think you're right. I mean, and once again, maybe if the pressure's a little bit off and, uh, well, look, to be honest with you, I would have liked to have seen us, you know, play more in transition all season. Yeah. I know we, we, you know, we get to the half courts. We've got guys like Humphreys and DJ, but oh, I, I, you know, and, and maybe that's, I'm a little bit biased because that was a style of game I love to play mm. myself, but. Yeah, get out there, get some cheap passes, yeah. get in the open court. You know, we've got some guys who, who can get out and run, and I'd love to see that a little bit tomorrow. Throw a bit of caution to the wind, yeah, because this team is going to, you know, has, as you said, struggles to score. So if we can get, you know, we can get 80, 85, mm-hmm. 90 points on the board, we're going to win the game. So oh, I'd, I'd love to see them just, uh, you know, loosen the reins a little bit, you know, encourage them to get out and run and, and you know, I would imagine that uh, Dan Dillon will start at the point, and and, and he, you know, he he's that's the way he likes to play as well. So I'd I'd like to think that we can, uh, you know, play play an entertaining style of game. You know, get out, get some transition, without losing our focus on on obviously DJ and and you know our, our main guys as well. So, uh, but yeah, I, I don't think you just dial it in and you know that's the end of the season I mean there's, there's a lot to play for there's contracts to play mm-hmm. for there's um, you know there's your fans to play for and, and there's the ability to influence who does make the playoffs so uh, yeah I, I'd, I'd expect them to come out and uh, you know play play well um, and just finish off the season right. Now you know Brian Gorgian very well um, his team's just come off a pretty bad loss they're playing for their lives on Friday night, and he's coming to Adelaide. He's had a lot of history in Adelaide. Um, what do you think he does this week to get his team ready for this game? Oh, he'll have you ready. There's, there's no <laughs> question about that. I mean, he'll, you know, he'll have him frothing at the bit, and and you know, he he will harp on what they need to do defensively, and uh, um, yeah, they'll be ready to play. You always know that about Brian Gordon teams. You know, no matter where they're sitting on the ladder or the type of talent they've got, um, you know, he'll. Uh, He'll, he'll have them ready to go. Um, and once again, I've mentioned this a number of times during the year that, you know, we're going to have to match their intensity right from the start of the game. You know, you let them set the tone and get into your defensively and start being physical with you without matching that yourself. We, you, you can be in for a long night. But, uh, you know, match that sort of intensity early and, and, and show that other team that you're ready to play and or don't care who we're putting on the floor, uh, you know, we're going to fight you tooth and nail and... Uh, yeah, we, we can still have, a, still have a good result. This is a good time, I think, to talk about the decision from Josh Giddy to, or from whoever made the decision. It might have been his management. It might have been advice that he's got from NBA, you know, management and scouts. Who, know, who knows where it's come from? But the decision's been made now that he won't play out the rest of the season. It's an interesting time. I wouldn't, you, and you kind of did touch on it at the start of the show, I wouldn't have minded him playing at least this one last game on Friday night for a, for a number of reasons. I think the home fans probably would have loved to see him play one more game. We could have announced beforehand this will be his last game. They could have given him that send-off. But also, I think he's still got an outside chance of making the Olympic team. And Brian Gordon is the Olympics coach. This could have been a chance for him to send a signal because we've seen in recent games that 
um, teams that play against the Hawks, Chris Golding and Jock Landale especially, really do seem to want to send a signal when they play against the Hawks. And, and Josh, Josh could have done that. I agree with all of that. I think it's, uh, you know, I, I, we've spoken about it before. I think it's it's only been great for him that he has continued to play and, uh, you know, just hasn't, you, you know, could have done what Lamelo Ball did last year and come off those couple of triple-double games and dialed it in and go, well, that, that's it. My position's assured now. I think the way he has kept playing and that toughness to show that he wanted to keep playing has only improved his draft stocks, and and I agree with the Olympics too. I, I think that uh, I think he's a really good chance mm-hmm. to to sort of sit in one of those last spots. And and well, yeah, no why Cotton wouldn't now. you take Cotton can't can't make the team. Uh, why wouldn't you take a you know six or eight point guard who you know you imagine is going to play in the next three three Olympics? Sure. So yeah. it's, it's a great breeding ground, and plus he's shown the ability to be able to compete with uh, mm-hmm. the big boys anyway. So it's not like you just Gifting him a position, he actually, you know, if he, if he could earn that position and and, and it'd be invaluable to, to sort of sit there and watch how you know Joe Ingalls goes about mm-hmm. it and, and Paddy Mills and so on and so on and be able to contribute when the you know when when the time called on him to, to be able to do that as well. So yeah, I guess Gorge will make decisions on what he sees in training camp and and mm-hmm. what he's seen. You know, he would have watched plenty of tape this year anyway, so. Um, I think it'll be uh, it'd be interesting. Yeah, I look. I selfishly, you know, I really wanted him to keep playing. I really wanted to sort of see, you know, what uh, you know what they could put on uh, on the floor. These not just these last two home games, but for the rest of the mm-hmm. season as well. But uh, it's not to be. As I said, I, I understand it. Uh, I'm still disappointed about it, but uh, it is what it is. Like you said, it's probably a decision that was made, you know, by. Uh, yeah, you know, not maybe not even by Josh himself, but yeah. uh, uh, I think we can be thankful that uh, he spent the season here, uh, but he could have gone to a lot of other clubs, and it, and it's it's great for the thirty sixes to be able to be a breeding ground and have a guy improve like that. That's going to be, you know, a top ten or fifteen pick in the NBA mm-hmm. draft, and uh, uh, very exciting. And just touching on the game against the Wildcats on on Sunday. Um, it's a team that the 36ers seem to play pretty well against. You take out that fourth quarter of the NBL Cup, obviously, but up until that point, they dominated um, well, the second half of that game. Up until that point, they had a great first half. They they were under man for the first game over in Perth, and then they still performed pretty well. And then in the last home game, they dominated them. Um, I don't know what who will end up playing for the Wildcats, but if you have a look at this week so far, they've already rested Todd Blanchfield, and they're going to be resting Jesse Wagstaff for their game on Friday night, so they might rest somebody else on Sunday as well. Um, this could be a chance for the 36ers to, to really end this season at home on a on a big high. Well, yeah, I think it's we've always seen that over the years, that no matter what where the respective teams are on the ladder, they're always really tight-fought games. I mean, I, I'd like to see statistically, I think over the course of years, you know, how, how close the results actually been. So I know I've been... Uh, been on the end of more one or two and three point losses mm. to the Wildcats than I'd care to, uh, care to ever remember but uh, the, the teams also always seem to bring out the best in each other and you, know, you wouldn't expect anything less on, on Sunday afternoon I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the, you know, if the Wildcats maybe even sat at Bryce Cotton, um, I'm not sure what their mindset is you know, sort of leading into the playoffs but uh, 
you know, it's a chance to chance to rest up. I mean, their positions are short now, so it's uh, it'll be interesting. But I certainly, yeah, I definitely expect a good game, and and uh, you know, to, to send out our you know our home season, um, yeah, hope, hopefully on with a, with a couple of really great uh, great games, and hopefully a couple of great results as well. Yeah, for sure. Now, just one last thing I wanted to to discuss before we get to our Ask the Coach segment with Connor Henry. Um, now that we know Josh Giddy's not there to run the point guard spot, we know Isaac Humphrey's not there to play the five spot. So Keanu Pinder naturally goes into the five spot. I think it, based on the rotation so far, you'd think Dan Dillon now starts as as point guard. Um, in terms of the rest of the rotation, um, who are you looking forward to seeing get a lot of minutes? I imagine Brendan Tees gets one last crack to now get some minutes over these last last five games. But I'm looking forward to seeing Alex Madronia, see if he can actually really play some meaningful minutes and and potentially shows that he deserves a, a contract down the track. And Jack Purchase is one that I'm hoping gets a chance to show that he, he deserves to be in the NBL as well. Who are you looking forward to seeing really get a chance? I think you're right with Madronia. I, I, I would certainly probably expect to see him play ahead of Brendan sees it, it looks, for all intensive purposes, you know, the way that Brendan's been played this year, that um, no, he won't be back. I don't think I'm probably, mm. you know, that's probably been obvious by the fact that he, he's, he's hardly played in the sort of the back half of this season. And, uh, you know, John was a young kid, young Adelaide boy. Well, let's, let's see if he's up to it. You know, he really hasn't had any consistent minutes to see what we can do. He's, he's a good size for, for a point guard. You know, let's see if he can play against some big boys in these last five games. So, um, I, I'm, I'm excited to continue to see Jack McVeigh play. I think, uh, I'd love to see him play, you know, a, a 25, 30-minute game. And uh, once, once again, if, if you're looking towards the future, you, you know, maybe maybe he does start to play, you know, some of those minutes that someone like Tony Crocker's maybe been playing. I, I don't know. I don't know what their mindset is going into this game. But, you know, now it's about looking towards next year uh, and seeing who's got it. Jack Purchase, you know, I couldn't tell you if he could play or not. Mm, <laughs> we've haven't, hardly... No, we, we've hardly seen him. So, yeah, throw, throw him out there amongst the walls and, and you know, see see what he's got if he's, you know, potentially can be part of the rotation uh, moving forward. But, uh, um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing all the all the young kids play, even um, even the big fella, Holland. So I'd love to yeah. see him get a shot and get out and play, you know, play some meaningful minutes because uh, he's, he's huge. I mean, he's... You know, he's taller than uh, Isaac Humphreys mm-hmm. and Daniel Johnson. I mean, he's, he's a big kid. So, you know, let, let's see if he can play. And once again, I'm not, I'm not advocating doing this at the expense of, uh, you know, winning a game. You know, let, let's, let's, that should obviously be the target no matter where your, where your season is. But, uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing some of these people get opportunities that uh, yeah, haven't had that uh, or haven't had much of that uh, at this stage of the season. Before I chat to Connor Henry now for his Ask the Coach segment, um, I want to put you on the spot a little bit. How would you rate his first season as coach of the 36ers? Oh, it is putting you on the spot, isn't it? <laughs> Look, I mean, it's, it's, if, if, you, you know, if you don't make the playoffs, it's, it's, it's not successful. I think that's uh, no, no matter, you know, who's, who's coaching the team. I mean, we've, we've been fortunate to have... You know, some reasonable success over the years, and there's always an expectation going into every 
every season that uh, you know you, you make the playoffs, and I, I think Connor would probably do the same thing that he you know, he'd be disappointed in anything less than a, than a playoff berth. Now, you know, there, there's obviously reasons. We, you know, we've had some injuries. We, we've you know hadn't settled on our on our imports, but you know, we're not the only team that, that's had that thrown up to us. So I think I think uh, Connor has. Um, I think he's he's grown with the team throughout the course of the year. I I, I really enjoyed it when he started shortening those rotations and, and people were getting some more consistent minutes. And yeah, you know, he decided to, to to bench a couple of guys. I, I I don't mind that. I think it's you know we see you know what Sydney, the Sydney Kings and Melbourne United have done at times this year, having ten guys playing the first half in the first quarter. You know that that's really hard to sort of settle into any sort of. You know, root, routine when you every time the whistle blows, you're wondering whether you're coming in or out of the game. So, um, I, 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 I like what he's done. I, I like what he's, you know, some of his, uh, you know, plays coming out of timeouts, uh, you know, you know, sideline, endline plays. I think he's, he's, you know, he's got some stuff there that's, uh, that's really good. Um, but, you know, he'll, he'll obviously expect to, do better and make the players next year. Um, you know, he inherited some guys that he didn't select as well, which, uh, you know, he'll have the opportunity to, to correct that. So, you know, there won't be any excuses next year, but I'm, I'm, I think, you know, any coach is going to consider not making the players to be a, to, to be a dis- disappointment and, a, and an unsuccessful year. No, I think you summed it up well. Now, let's hear from the man himself. When we come back here on Sixers Fix, I'll, I'll be with Connor Henry on Ask the Coach. Okay, back here on Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis, and I'm happy to say that we've got coach of the Adelaide 36ers, Connor Henry, with us once again, thanks to Sports Card World on our Ask the Coach segment. Of course, heading head to the Region Arcade of the Rundle Mall and check out the guys there at Sports Card World. The stock they've got in there is incredible. You'll be blown away and you'll probably come out with your hands pretty full of stock, or you can also check them out at sportscardworld.com.au. We'll have another winner. This week we've got some some more questions in from our 36ers fans to ask Connor this week leading into our two home games. So let's get straight into it. Okay, Connor, thanks again for for joining us. Um, We're talking on game day right now. We've got a a game tonight to prepare for against the Hawks at home. What's a game day like and what's the preparation been like this week? Uh, It's been good. Um, You know, we've, uh, as as you're well aware of, we shut down ITAC for the remainder of the season, and and uh, Josh is uh, is getting ready for the NBA draft. So we're a couple bodies short uh, going into this game, um, which is a big big hole to fill. But um, prep has been good, uh, good two workouts. Um, we're going to play a little bit smaller, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Dillon will move into the starting lineup tonight and start at the point. And uh, and then we'll adjust from there as we go. But uh, all in all, we uh, we know what's ahead of us, and we're looking forward to tonight. Fantastic! I think we're we're all looking forward to getting back in front of the home fans, given how how supportive they've been all season, and also how well we've been playing at home as well. Um, got some some fan questions once again for you, Connor. So let's get straight straight into it. Um, first one comes from Kyle Wood, past winner here here on Ask the Coach. He's he's asked, how would you rate the season? And what positives are you taking to build 
build on for next season? Well, clearly we we didn't reach our goal of of making the playoffs, of making the grand final, which um, is uh, was first and foremost when we started to build towards the beginning of the season. Um, now there was a lot of factors involved on that, involved in that, and I don't need to go into them. Um, but um, clearly, that's a disappointment for us. Um, but the positives on it is we had a really good. Uh, stretch of games early where we had glimpses of what our roster could do for us. Um, We started the season strong. Some injuries uh, came in, some very positive play, of course, from Josh uh, as his development started and and really took off finally. And when we made the move to go with him uh, at the lead guard, we really started to play well. That coincided with Isaac. Uh, a play that uh, was dominant there for a stretch uh, as he was tracking as, as you know an MVP candidate mm-hmm. for the season. So there was a lot of a uh, lot of positives. You know, DJ's had uh, statistically one of his best years. Um, continues to rock up every night and provide uh, a great play for us. We've had uh, some growth in in Keanu. Um, when Ice went down, Keanu uh, really started to. Um, start to show a little bit more what we were hoping for earlier in the season. He got time. He got the minutes. He also got his body in shape um, and worked through a number of um, small injuries that were kind of just affecting him overall. And um, so there's been growth in a lot of areas on the team. We head into these last five games really with that mindset uh, to look at our players, uh, to evaluate, um, to win games. That doesn't change. Our whole focus right now is to win this game tonight and, and then see what happens. Yeah, perfect. Um, Nick McEwa, he's back, second week in a row from, from Nick, and he's got, a, he's got a question that's following on from what you touched on at the start. So, so Nick has said, given that Isaac has been given the opportunity to heal his lower leg injury for the rest of the season and Josh is prepping for the NBA draft, should we expect to see a lot of extra minutes for Jack McTray? Um, that's not a typo. That's what he wants to call it. And which player are you anticipating or hoping will take the most advantage of the extra minutes? Well, I think Jack is uh, is is definitely going to see more time. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack was getting a lot more uh, minutes, you know, in that stretch as we were bringing Isaac back slowly uh, and working him way, working his way back in, and and we won some games playing small. So. Um, Jack will be that first big off the bench now instead of the second big. Um, So his minutes will increase. Um, He provides us, as you know, with a good scoring punch. Um, And his uh, his defense and and ability to read the game is improving. So I see Jack um, um, getting more minutes. Uh, As far as another player, Dill will get some minutes, of course, uh, in the starting role for Giddy. Um, I'm anxious to, to get Mud back in there and give Mud some quality minutes over these next five games so we can really evaluate uh, where he's at. He's been, he's been fantastic all year. He's been a tireless worker. Um, I know he's disappointed in, in the minutes that he's got, but that's never affected his, um, his work rate. He's always shown up and, and competed and, and improved. So I'm um, looking forward to get some minutes uh, from Mud too. And just a PS from Nick. Um, he said, I'm there on Sunday. If you want a selfie with me and my family, as I'm now famous for having my questions asked two weeks in a row. There you go. Keep well, an eye, if I, keep an if eye he, out for Nick. If I see him, <laughs> um, 
more than happy to take a picture. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Now we've got a question from Ruby as well. She's a she's a big fan, but I think this is her first question of the season, and she, it's a, it's a. I'll be interested to see how you take this. What's something you've learned from either the team or a specific player this year? Well, I think uh, I think the narrative of the club uh, over the last couple of years um, was uh, was painted a little bit unfairly about uh, the character of the group, the work ethic of the group, or uh, the group not uh, um, digging deep and, and fighting uh, to, to win games. Mm. Um, I, uh, I found that to be uh, the opposite. They've rocked up every single day and, and put the work in. And um, I, think we've, uh, I think we've built a level of uh, continued level of commitment here um, from the players. Um, the goal remains the same to, to make the grand final and eventually win, win a championship. So I think we've got good pieces moving forward. Um, I like our group. I like their work ethic. And um, I think uh, the future for us is, uh, is a real positive one. Yeah, I like that answer. Very, very good. Um, last one from Nate Turner, obviously a, a favourite of ours here. You might have seen this one pop up on, on Twitter. I'm not sure, Connor. But what is your favourite red wine from South Australia so far? Well, I did see this, um, so I had to get prepared uh, for this for the for your for your difficult questions there, Chris. I've I've been planning this. Now, look, um, I've been I've been fortunate to land in a in a place in the world where uh, it's just got some of the the best wines in the world, and, and everybody knows I um, I enjoy a bottle of red. Um, I enjoy um, a number of, of brands, but um, Penfolds three eighty nine Baby Grange. Um, uh, some friends gave me a bottle uh, a while back, and uh, really enjoyed that. So, if I had to, if I had to have a case show up at my doorstep, um, that's the one that would be uh, pretty close to the top of my list for a really good drop. Excellent. Really enjoy it. Excellent. I hope Scott helps take take care of that for you soon as well, because he's the he's the man to really look after you. I hope he takes you on a tour once the season finishes too. He, that's the least. Yeah, you know, really, we need to. Yeah, I agree. He's been he's been slacking all year. Um, yeah, no, we're uh, we're scheduled to, to try to catch up here uh, once the season's over and once uh, once we find some time. Not perfect. Okay, that's it from our fans. Just one last one from me, Connor, and then I'll I'll let you go. How much are you looking forward to these last two home games of the season, starting tonight against the Hawks and then Sunday against the Wildcats? Yeah, I'm really uh, looking forward to them. Um, you know, the, the fans, uh, I was talking with Grant and, and Jeff and um, some of the front office people yesterday, and um, I asked them, I said, what's, uh, what's been our average attendance uh, through, uh, through this year, through COVID, the bubble, um, starting strong, um, having a, a period of time where we were losing a bunch of games in a row, and in and, and the fans have, have come out consistently. Yeah. Um, not sure the exact number that, that show up each night, but uh, no, it's no, been I, pretty I, close. I'm sure to... it's clearly the second best in the league, only behind Perth. Yeah, um, we, we felt uh, that we could be, be second uh, yeah. in, in, in attendance, and, and that's, I believe, somewhere close to 7,000 a night. Um, so we've been very fortunate. We're very thankful to all the supporters. And um, I know the boys... Uh, Really want to play two solid games this weekend for them, and um, and just to continue to build this thing. Fantastic! Thanks very much once again, Connor, and good luck tonight. Thanks, Chris. Talk to you, buddy. See you.
Okay, big thank you to Connor Henry once again, and thank you to Sports Card World for making that Ask the Coach segment possible. Um, I think you'll all appreciate how open and honest Connor, Connor is, and happy to answer any and every one of your questions. So thank you once again for being part of it. Now, Scott, back here to wrap up another episode of, of Sixers Fix, and this has been a big a big year in a lot of ways for, for you to get back involved in the club and also in the basketball community, both both yourself and Brett Maher have got heavily involved now in your, in your coaching clinics and, and the camps that you've been running in. And then and the, the Ninus Ma basketball is, is well and truly up and running. Um, are you enjoying being so heavily back involved in basketball over the past, I guess, six to nine months? Mate, it's been fantastic. I mean, if you asked me 18 months ago whether I'd be, you know, running the 36ers holiday camp, the school clinic program and, you know, running mini ball and some three-on-three for Basketball SA and now forming Martin Innes Basketball with, with Brett and uh, we've got our first camp coming up in the July school holidays in, in the Barossa Valley of all places in conjunction with Barossa Basketball. Um, it's it's really exciting. It's uh, um, I, I, I cannot believe I'm sitting here talking about how how pumped we are to be back involved and, and, and running all these camps. And oh, it makes it easy when it's someone like Brett. You know, we bounce off each other uh, pretty well, as, as people know, and it's uh, it's always easy when you're doing something with your, you know, with your best mate. But, uh, no, we're uh, we're having a ball. And, uh, uh, you know, we've got a 36 camp coming up on the July school holidays. Uh, we're meeting with Bath West A next week about doing some more stuff with them. And, and then, obviously, our first... Man in this basketball camp, so uh, yeah, all going fun, and uh, uh, the wine tours are starting to start to ramp up again. So I'm uh, I'm getting busy, which yeah, is uh, which is a good excellent. good way good way to be after the last twelve months. No, I'm really happy to hear because I I just think it's been a big eighteen months for you in terms of getting back involved in basketball. I remember when I first approached you about doing this podcast, and and really you hadn't been involved in club at all since you left as a, as a coach and I felt it was a way for you to, to get back involved and I felt like it was a shame that you hadn't been involved for so long so I, I just felt like this was a way to get you back involved and I think that as soon as we started doing this show and we, you know the, the club got behind us and was happy for us to become the club's podcast and everything and I, I just feel like that was the start, kick start for you to sort of get back involved and now it's it's become more official with you being you know working at the club and now it's turned into this great work you're doing with, with the, the Martin Innes basketball, it's, do you feel like you're in a much better place than potentially two years ago where you were almost completely out, out of basketball and having no involvement at all? Oh, absolutely. And then, you know, circumstances change. I mean, you go back five years ago, you know, I probably wasn't, uh, I probably wasn't the biggest the biggest fan of the club, yep. you know, and I probably couldn't care less if they won or lost. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, oh, that's probably a little bit, a little bit unfair because, I mean, you know, when it's 20 years of your life, I mean, obviously, in the you know, the memories we have and the success we had, you always hold those things dear to your heart. But, uh, uh, you know, circumstances change, ownership changes, and, and in people fa- in change. And on our very first episode we did at the start of last season, we went through your whole journey in terms of what you went through at the end of being, at the end of your coaching tenure and, and just how bad things were in terms of the relationship with you in the club. So if anyone wants to hear that backstory, you can go back and listen to that whole story because where you've come from now to then it's it's been a been a fascinating ride it, it has it's been a journey and it's it's much better being uh, coming out on this side and uh look I, i'm very thankful for the club uh, i know brett is as well you know to 
to have invited us back into the fold and, and doing what we're doing now. And, uh, um, you know, there's no reason why that shouldn't continue for a long, long time. So, uh, you know, we're, um, yeah, we're, we're really excited. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see the team win a few more games and, and hopefully that could, uh, can turn around next year. But it's, uh, it is, it's great, great to be involved, uh, as much as we are. No, fantastic to hear. Okay, so let's hope you you enjoy these last two home games this weekend as much as anybody does as well. And really enjoyed another episode here of Sixers Fix with with you, Scott. And and thank you to our partners for making it possible. Once again, thank you to Premium Wine Tours. Thank you to All Star Photos. Thank you to Australian Motors Mitsubishi. And, of course, thanks to Sports Card World. So that's wrapping up for another week. Let's look forward to Friday night at the Entertainment Centre against the Hawks. Sunday afternoon at the same venue against the Wildcats. I'm Chris Pike, and I'll wrap it up and leave you the wise words of, of Scott Ninnis. Don't have too many wise words for you tonight, mate, but uh, look, it's, it's, it's good. Let's just hope for a couple of, couple of cracking games. Uh, yeah, thankful to the, you know, a big thank you to the crowds that have come out all year. Um, uh, thank you to, to, to Josh Giddy for the enjoyment he's brought us this year, and uh, uh, let's finish the season off on the right foot.